Hello, everyone. You are listening to In the Weeds with Monica Jean, an agriculture podcast. Welcome back again. Monica Jean here in the Weeds podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're going to get the scoop on, well, poop, actually, and how to <laughs> turn that into an energy source. Uh, I'm here with Tess and Sarah. Tess and Sarah, can you guys introduce yourselves? Sure. My name is Sarah Franzak. I'm the Environmental Management Educator with Michigan State University Extension. I'm based in Hillsdale County, but I cover the whole state. And my name is Tess Van Gorder. I'm the Associate Policy and Regulatory Specialist in the Agricultural Ecology Department at Michigan Farm Bureau. And I also cover the entire state. And um, at, in the Ag Ecology Department, we work on uh, environmental, environmental issues, anything from film plastic recycling to anaerobic digesters to manure, anything that falls into that bucket is something that our department would work on. A poop bucket. so listeners may be wondering monica why why are we learning about this um and i would say because i was listening to another podcast that happens (laughs) another podcast and they were talking about stories of of farms in southern southern states that have hooked up regional energy methane digesters worked out with like an agribusiness i thought it was very interesting and i wondered why we haven't had something like this in Michigan. So that's what led me down this path, and Sarah helped find Tess. So thank you for coming. Building off of um, that really cool job you just described to us, is there any talk about building any regional digesters, kind of like what I described in that other podcast? So I've heard some uh, rumors or uh, discussion around that in Michigan. I haven't seen anything come to fruition yet. I think that's something that's being talked about in a lot of places with discussion about especially food waste, but even what farms are going to do with manure. So you look at in California, for example, is spending a lot of money for digesters on dairies. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen anything or been told about anything here in Michigan yet in the regional sense. No poop coming down the track. Hear that. All right. Uh, apparently, we're, there's going to be a lot of poop jokes today. <laughs> um, uh, can you tell us more about how those digesters work and what they produce if there's byproducts? Yep. So basically, with uh, digesters, you can put any sort of organic material. You want to be careful, though, because the digester is actually like a stomach, if we want to continue on the digestive trout rack but it is like a stomach and it, there it does require to be a careful balance of things in there to make sure that everything all the bacteria in there that's make sure it's happy and so you can put any sort of organic waste in there it could be manure it could be food waste crop residue really anything like that can go into a digester after that in the anaerobic space all those reactions happen and that produces biogas What comes out of the digester after that goes through that process is called digestate. And you can do a lot of things with digestate. If you separate out the solids, you can use that actually as bedding. The liquid still contains the nutrients from the manure when it was put in, so you can apply that as a fertilizer or use it as a soil amendment. Fun fact, the Detroit Zoo has a digester, and they call um, the digestate that comes out the other side after they compost it, they call it zoo poo. Mm, how exotic. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just really enjoying myself. 
<laughs> so I heard there's a, like two main then. There's a digestate and then there's the biogas. And Correct. you said digestate can be kind of whittled down into some other things to be used. Um, and then how does that biogas, is it interchangeable with natural gas or how does that, what do you do with that? So biogas can be used um, mainly in one or two ways. So it can be used, it can be put through a generator to generate electricity or then the way that's becoming more, I would say, popular nowadays is it can be upgraded into renewable natural gas. So biogas and uh, natural gas are not interchangeable just due to the what's in them. Biogas, it tends to be a mixture of methane, CO2, oxygen, and other things. And a lot of those things aren't allowed in pipelines just because you don't really want oxygen in a flammable product um so tends to be yes yeah good good common sense so um in order to put biogas and make it renewable natural gas to put it in a pipeline it needs to be upgraded so you know taking out your co2 your oxygen and um especially your uh h2s i think it's hydrogen sulfide and um because that's corrosive and that's also not good for pipelines that's bad news for the infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. So just to make it nice and clean so that way, you know, your main thing you're getting is your natural gas. And that can also be put into, there's some fun uh, projects in Wisconsin, actually, that uh, truck, they'll compress the natural gas and truck it to its destination because there's not an available pipeline nearby. Oh. And they call that a virtual pipeline. Okay. All right. Pipeline on wheels. They are, unlike Michigan, they do have a lot of digesters, so... Um, yeah. With being able to upgrade those to produce renewable natural gas, it's been a very good option for developers to go because they already have a lot of the digester infrastructure set up. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned that a lot of different things can go in there. What kind of wastes can be processed in there? You said manure and other food waste. So are we talking like potato chips that are the wrong shape or like... <laughs> No, it's a thing, Monica. Like cookie crumbs. Uh, ugly foods. Ugly foods. a thing. Is this, uh, we can process some of, of our ugly foods in there. The city of Grand Rapids is building a digester to handle a lot of their organic waste. And one of the things that they'll be doing last time I heard about the project is they'll be piping some of the brewery waste, I think, um, <gasps> into the digester. And so um, really it's, I've heard about, you know, all sorts of, different types of waste and again you want to be careful because i mean if you have certain products can spike or hurt the bacteria in digesters so you think about certain medicines and things like that you want to make sure that your balance of in that's being put into your digester still has that good balance digesters are being looked at to handle food waste so a lot of states are passing your organic waste can't go to landfills so they're saying okay, well, we build digesters, we can send it to the digester, and then the digestate can be repurposed, like we were talking about earlier. In one of the reports that I've read, food waste is one of the bigger problems with climate change that adds a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere. So this is one of those ways that we can turn some of that CO2 into a fuel, right? T- mm-hmm. Take that food waste, make it into a fuel, fuel and yeah. actually capture the CO2 that's made in the process, right? Because it's not just like loose in the air. Yeah, hopefully hopefully not. Right. Okay. Um, but a part of it also is um, actually capturing the methane produced. So, I mean, that's what, if you go to California, they have something called the low carbon fuel standard and they rank biogas produced from manure-based anaerobic digesters higher because it avoids 
emitting methane, which is a more potent greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. So that's one of the really big benefits of having a digester on um, farms where you're not capturing your methane emissions. You were touching on there how the local government uh, can play a role, Mm -hmm. like in Grand Rapids. Do we have state-level and local government support with this? Do you see it across the state, or are there just regions like Grand Rapids that are adopting? I think it is really uh, scattered throughout the state. So Grand Rapids is obviously building one. Flint actually has one attached to their um, wastewater treatment plant. So that's pretty cool. The Detroit Zoo has one. MSU obviously has one. Um, (laughs) Ann Arbor did a feasibility study several years back, and it failed to be feasible. Yeah. So it can also go the other way. (laughs) Yeah. So, And I also think um, I saw, I was able to tour a digester in North Carolina, and we asked, um, um, we're kind of chatting about it, and you said it's really important to talk to your local community about what you're doing because there are some digesters that have been improperly managed that have gotten a bad reputation. But if you talk to your community and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, these are all the benefits, and, and manage it properly so that you have a nice reduced odor, odor control, that's how you build your local support for really any project. So would that be the main nuisance then, stink? If it's improperly managed. Okay. I was so, just curious what, yeah. what those people didn't like about it. Um, because one of the benefits, especially for um, on livestock farms or any sort of you know dairy hog, is that it should reduce your odor coming from the farm by a lot. I mean, I was on a hog farm in North Carolina, and I was like, I smell grass, but I see pigs. And it was just very kind of cool to be able to see that, you know, those two where it had such great odor control benefits. And that could be a great thing for neighbor relations. So order of control is a great environmental benefit. Um, are there other environmental benefits? I mean, so you're separating out these kind of waste streams mm-hmm. into a bedding product, some kind of a dry product, and a uh, product that can be applied agronomically. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the environmental benefit of doing that? So because the anaerobic digestion, it, it requires um, heat to happen, you actually do get some pathogen kill-off in um, your final product. So it's not a complete kill-off, but a reduction is still, I think, a really good benefit in being able to reutilize the digestate as both bedding and then for, you know, you know, for animal health. But then also when you apply it, that end product has less less pathogens than it did when it went into the digester. There's also the greenhouse gas reduction that we talked about earlier. What about that? I mean, so when I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. it's like if you're a farm that has manure and you're applying in sort of a conventional way, you might be applying a big volume but not a lot of nutrients at once. Mm -hmm. When it comes out of a digester, that product could be a little bit more concentrated. Does it hold the nutrients or do you lose nutrients? You get nutrients in the liquid. Mm-hmm. And so that liquid is going to be uniform. Like each batch of it can be tested and be applied at agronomic rates. And because the predictable, it's more predictable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're applying it. Yeah. Uh, and you could inject it instead of having to incorporate yeah, I mean, it'd be I th- better for like a yeah. If you separate, system. yep. If you separate, I mean, so the 
down the slight downside of you know you'd have to separate your solids out which is not something it's some an additional process after it goes through the digester because that's not necessarily going to separate it but you have to make sure you have that process in place okay. mm-hmm. to separate it and dry the solids so that way you mentioned you had been on some farms did you see any farms that use it in that way like still get their nutrients because i was thinking about mm-hmm. that that manure is such a great nutrient resource for the farmers to use back on their farm and if you lost that that would stink a little yeah no uh, most of the farms and even i mean even the zoo uh when so i was able to visit the zoo's digester and they use their digest their digester so they put all of their um herbivore waste and all of the food waste for preparing food for the animals into their digester and they use the electricity to power their animal hospital. And then they um, compost, I believe they compost their digestate, or they sell their digestate as fertilizer or soil amendments. Oh, okay. So the farm would get energy, potentially, yep. right? So the farm could get energy out of it, and they could still have something to apply for yeah. sell. Oh, or yeah. Sell. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, and it depends, and so that depends, the energy part just depends on how you set up um, your digester. So some digesters, what they're seeing profitability from is selling their renewable natural gas to California for that premium under the low carbon fuel standard. So in that case, you wouldn't get any of that, but you get that revenue from selling your re- renewable natural gas. So for a farm in Michigan, thinking about cost savings, I mean, do we have a market that a farm here could sell or would it, would it make more sense for them to keep it on the farm and use it because there's not a good, like, like the infrastructure to support taking that um, methane, you know, somewhere else to be used? Yeah, so one of the things, there's a lot of details that go into kind of assessing the feasibility of what's more beneficial for a farm because it really varies by location, farm type, where if you're close to a pipeline, what your utility is willing, what sort of setup your utility has to buy back excess energy that you put onto the grid. And so sometimes that rate for electricity is not favorable, or you might have um, problems getting it into the pipe, natural gas into the pipeline, depending on where you're trying to go. Michigan doesn't have a strong market for biogas. So places like, for example, North Carolina, as part of their renewable the, their renewable portfolio standard equivalent, you have to have a certain, let's see, I think it's like 2% or something or 0.2% of their renewable portfolio standard has to be produced from uh, swine. Mm. So that helps incentivize utilities and other entities to partner to, to make that work. Yeah, to make that work is because that's a required portion. But Michigan doesn't have that sort of um, stipulation in their uh, renewable portfolio standard. Have we tried and it just hasn't worked out? Ours or? is more general. Like it has okay. to be this yeah. much renewable. And I, okay. also, I also, um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think North Carolina has a lot more. A lot more swine. Yes. Yeah. So that could be an additional, like... I think they're swine proud. I believe so. Yes. Oink, oink. California obviously has the low-carbon fuel standard, which helps incentivize... And that could be any, like, Michigan could sell their renewable natural gas to California and benefit from the low-carbon fuel standard, but that's still a market in Cal- developed by California. Yeah, I didn't know if it was very cost. Yeah, that's so far to truck or, you know, get it there. So that'd make it probably less profitable obviously (laughs) so the premium for natural gas prices that you get from the low carbon fuel standard makes it more profitable if you're in the right place Mm because you have to obviously be able to get it upgraded 
because that's a cost, and then also get it into a pipeline. That makes sense. So the closer you are to a pipeline, the more it makes sense. Location, location, yes. location. It's definitely okay. a right, right place. is very helpful for certain yeah. things. So the installation of uh, solar has gone down, so we know that that renewable uh, energy source is more affordable. Is the price for a methane digester installation any more affordable? So unfortunately, no. Um, solar has a lot of uh, benefits of becoming, um, there's been a lot of research on solar that's become more efficient, has the economies of scale benefits, and they've had a lot of policies that they've benefited from, from renewable portfolio standards to, you know, tax incentives. And I don't think that um, aerobic digesters, while they have been around for a lot, a long time, I mean, this isn't a new technology, this isn't uh, someone just pulled up and say, oh my gosh, digesters, this is so novel. I mean, they've been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I do think there's been a lot more interest in digesters recently, so I'd be curious to see as um, people get more interested, there might be more research, there could make them more economically feasible. I mean, I'm always open to the possibility of, you know, hopefully we advance our technology. Right. I used. I think they used to be more like an egg thing, and now people are looking at them as more of the um, food processing industry mm-hmm. is looking at them. And I think a lot of that leads to a more broad vision of how they can be used. Sounds like a cool partnership. Mm. I think the one I saw that was in the South was a, a farms near a metro, like a bigger city, and they took the food waste and then used their manure. So it was. It was like a, mm-hmm. you know, rural meeting the needs. Yeah. Like they were able to work together to. And that helps promote. So having your food waste mixed in with other waste actually helps uh, produce more biogas than mm-hmm. just manure alone. So it just really depends on your what you're doing it for because that is it's really being looked at you know to put on wastewater treatment plants to help process that waste as to help process food waste so it doesn't go into landfills and then it could go on farms as well and i actually just saw the uh, energy information administration the eia just released an article about um i think a smithfield plant processing plant put on a uh, digester and talked about how much they're going to be producing from that which is a very cool thing to see that sort of project featured so prominently for the EIA. Any other things coming through the pipeline? What would the future look like of digesters here in in our great state of Michigan? Well, I think that they have a lot of potential and I would, they're really great technology to uh, try and implement more of. And I think there's been an increased interest in renewable natural gas products in general, just for um, company sustainability goals, um, renewable portfolio standards, and um, other targets. I think that price is really going to be that hill to overcome and will take some creative partnerships to help uh, help push through that. Because obviously, you think about Grand Rapids, they're a big city, you know, they have the wherewithal to be able to do that. But not everyone can just say, oh, I, you mean even Ann Arbor was like, nope, this isn't feasible. So I think that tells you about yeah. that hump to kind of get over. Yeah. And if a farmer or agribusiness was listening right now and they kind of got excited and wanted to look into this, where, what would be a good place for them to look into things and... So, I mean, I'm always happy to answer questions on digesters. Um, I've made a lot of contacts as I've been asking around, asking people, okay, what's, what does this look like? What do you think are the benefits? And then also um, EPA's AgStar 
AG star website has a lot of good resources on kind of uh, evaluating your options for a digester so I think that would be a really good resource if you want to click around and see kind of what it's all about and it is it is a big change and there's a lot of regulatory considerations I know no one likes that word but um <laughs> unfortunately I'm over here shaking my head like, yes no regulatory <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, so, but it, they are a great technology to be able to do a lot of different beneficial things, either, you know, in a city with a wastewater treatment plant or on the farm, but it's definitely, especially in this ag economy, it's not, everyone's not able to say, let's put it in a digester, mm-hmm. they're really expensive. And so there are some cost share programs too through USDA that can uh, help out, but it is a very big ex- expensive decision. So definitely partnerships are something that could be helpful. And there are companies out there that um, are working on digesters. So evaluate your options. And I will also say that uh, MSU also runs a anaerobic digester training that is also really, uh, really well run, you know, through Dana Kirk there. And um, he brings in a lot of great speakers for that. And I was able to attend part of that. It was a very informational session so he's awesome yes he I do I did forget about that yeah we have him and he's great yes so Dana Dana is great well thank you both for joining us especially you Tess thank you for having me this podcast has been brought to you by the MSU extension field crops team for more podcasts or information please visit us at canr.msu.edu backslash field underscore crops. Thanks for listening.